A World Cup every two years. Is it good? Is it bad? We discuss it on this Thursday deep dive episode. But before we get to that, leave us a rating. Helps out the show. We read out any five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Also, follow us on Twitter, at Final Third Show. Don't know why you aren't doing it already. We have a lot of great discussion on there, from U.S. soccer to the Champions League to whatever league going on right now. Link will be down below. All right, enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another deep dive episode of The Final Third. As always, my name is Jack Seepersod. I'm one of your co-hosts. I'm a fan of Chelsea, who did very well today. Atalanta, who we're not going to talk about right now. Uh, Minnesota United, who maybe will uh, will be good tonight. Uh, and the French and U.S. national teams. All right. My name is AJ Tsbura. I'm the other co-host across from Jack today. That's right. We're in person again. Uh, I'm a fan of Minnesota United. Jack's going to that game tonight. I couldn't make it because it's midterm season, but hopefully they do well. West Ham United, who played tomorrow, and the U.S. national team. I can't believe I forgot the yeah. country that wow. I, I live wow. in. That's uh, uh, kind of cringe. All right. <laughs> Jack, we're not here to talk about club teams. In fact, we're not really here to talk about national teams either. We're here to talk about something that's been on the news recently. Jack, how do you feel about the World Cup? I, I mean, I love the World Cup. That's yeah. how I got into soccer. The That's entire, a lot of people get into soccer. The entire reason why I support the French national team is because I started watching and getting really invested in soccer during the 2018 World Cup. And I, I didn't pick France because of bandwagon. Don't mm. worry. I picked it because I had been learning the language for seven years at the time of watching that World Cup. So I, I was like, well, I speak French a little bit, so I might as well. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, the World Cup's awesome. Yeah, well, Jack, we are here to talk about the World Cup. More specifically, the new, uh, I would say, proposal to turn the World Cup into a four-year event. So every four years. Every two years, two, I think. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm saying is like they're turning it from an every four-year uh, okay, event okay. to, like, you're, yeah, you're right, an every two-year event. So right now, the schedule is obviously 2022 is the next World Cup. Then it goes to 2026, 2030, and onwards. Now it looks like maybe after the 2026 World Cup goes to 2028, 2030. I'm not so sure when it's actually going to be put into place because the actual vote to even make this a thing has not occurred yet. It looks like FIFA are going to meet in December to talk about more in depth the plan to make it an every two year event. So today we're going to be talking about what the actual proposal looks like as it currently stands, who's against it, who's for it, why they're for it, if it's a good idea in the first place. And yeah, so Jack, what do you know of the proposal so far? Like, have you heard any concrete details? Uh, Not much really, other than, you know, they're going to discuss on December 20th is the exact Mm -hmm. date, the proposal for the World Cup to be held every two years rather than every four years. And there's a little bit of a little bit of leeway or a little bit of unknowns about whether it's like a completely binding vote on the plans or if it's just like showing interest. But uh, it's it's produced quite a quite a backlash so far from what I've seen. Yes, you're right. So uh, Gianni Infantino, who's the FIFA president, 
has been the main proponent of this plan. FIFA in general have been very pro uh, a World Cup every two years uh, to the point where uh, they're pretty much fighting every other major organization in the soccer world to make this a reality. And so Gianni Infantino has been uh, talking about this plan to make uh, the World Cup an every two year event. As many people know, the 2026 World Cup and onwards will have 48 teams uh, in the pool and 48 teams that will qualify. And so every two years means increasing the amount of teams that comes in. And in general, that could be seen as a good thing. Uh, moving on to other reasons why Infantino and his friends and all the other proponents of this two-year World Cup uh, are cheering for this plan is, well, A, it brings in more money for uh, FIFA as a whole and potentially the country that uh, that World Cup gets hosted in. Number two, something that Infantino has been saying a lot recently uh, is that it'll get the youth into soccer, you know, just like how Jack got into soccer, having more World Cups gets kids excited for soccer, gets people involved. And so that is a major reason why uh, people want this to happen. Another proponent I have to mention is a uh, legendary Arsenal head coach, Arsene Wenger. OK, OK. But he wants he wants to replace throw-ins with kickings. Yeah. Let's remember this. Which is a bad idea. Yeah. But, OK, but good. He, he's very well respected. He he's always been on the forefront of these rule changes. He he has criticized the offside rule for a long time, uh, and he is on the forefront of this decision making calculus by saying stuff like, "The perception of time has changed, and the younger generation wants to be entertained much more." So in line with what Infantino is saying, uh, he really wants to back this World Cup plan because he wants more exciting more meaningful games to happen year in and year out um in general that is the main reason why you would uh support something like this at least from the what the people who are supporting it are saying really it, it's money and it's more competitive games and it's getting more countries more people involved because this is the world game However, there are a lot of people who are against it, namely UEFA, CONMEBOL, a lot of the other major parties. Jack, do you want to speak a little bit more about uh, some of the reasons why people are against this plan? Yeah, well, I can tell you uh, one big thing, uh, health reasons. You know, people are concerned about players' health. After the past, you know, two years or so where we've seen players play even more competitive games, uh, and more and more injuries, I feel like, pop up. You know, it, it, it brings up a lot of concerns over that, uh, whether players will actually have time to recover from injuries or if they're going to be too busy playing, you know, high-stakes national team games along with high-stakes club games. And that could be a dangerous combo for, for, uh, some of it, for some of these players. And, you know, UEFA have been very vocal in their discontent with this mm -hmm. plan. And I, I think another big thing is, what does it mean for all of the other national team competitions? Like, you know, the Euros or the Copa America yeah. or the Nations Leagues yeah. that were just added in. Where, where are you going to fit all of that if the World Cup is every two years? Because presumably they'd be on the off years. Mm -hmm. But then where do you fit in 
World Cup qualifying. Exactly. Is, does the qualifying process get super simplified? So some teams are auto qualified in and do you have to play more games that bleed into those summers, taking time away from these historical tournaments? Like, I, I don't know. What is the deal there? You know? Yeah, I mean, like that that's the thing, because if FIFA is saying we're doing this so more nations can have a chance to qualify and so it can be more fun for qualification and stuff. This is just going to make qualification potentially really simple. And therefore, it has the opposite effect, really, where, you know, maybe more teams get the opportunity to compete, but they're competing for less spots overall, like in a competition where it's technically open, like the current World Cup qualifying. Theoretically, anyone can qualify. One nation I know definitely can't. I'm looking at the flag on my wall, which is Guyana. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're <laughs> never going to qualify for a World Cup. But like if it's every two years, I guess they have more opportunities to do it. But uh, yeah, it, it's it it seems like the the health and the calendar are the two main issues with, you know, th- this proposal, because theoretically it would be a great idea. I, I mean, it would be great if we could just have more competitive national team games. But given that we say that every single time before adding a new competition, when does it stop before the entire calendar? Like any off time is literally just all national team competitions and there's literally no rest. Mm -hmm. Really? This is a battle between national teams versus club teams. And I, I don't mean that in the sense of like literally national teams and club teams are clashing together. But the idea of which side of football do we value more? That's kind of butting heads right now because mm-hmm. there are a lot of FAs out there, namely in UEFA, that are threatening to quit FIFA, like like break away from FIFA if this happens. Uh, you, I, I think uh, the Norwegian FA and some other FAs are... A lot of UEFA countries yes. have expressed extreme discontent and even potentially like that. Uh, Romania is is one of those... Yeah. Uh, Germany, it looks like Italy mm-hmm. are, you know, like some major countries are are threatening to break away because, yeah. you know, they they don't want their players health to be decimated, really. Yeah, because if they play that many games, you know, we, we talked about this the last time we talked about the, the two year World Cup plan. And with the fact that if you take a step back and really look at it right now, Every two summers, at least once or twice every four years, players have a summer off. Right. The majority of the summer off. Like they'll have uh, their main continental tournaments and the World Cup. And then maybe if you're playing CONCAF, you'll have like every two years have Gold Cup. Maybe you'll have a tournament off there or you you might have Nations League. That's only two weeks, right? So you have a lot of breaks. Now that the World Cup could be every two years... Where are players getting those breaks? It's just not happening. They're not getting enough rest. We've seen what happens to players when they get overworked. We've seen the uptick in muscle injuries. I tweeted this last night, but I was like, sarcastically, who doesn't want to see El Clasico full of a bunch of academy players because the starters are all out <laughs> with muscle injuries? That might be an exaggeration, but that idea of more muscle injuries, injuries in general, that's a, that's a real possibility. I also do have to highlight that this isn't just, you know, UEFA, CONMEBOL, all these confederations looking out for the health of their players because 
as much as we want to say that is the case. And yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there there it, it are some like good hearts in their organizations. There, there's also money involved. There's also yeah. money involved because more national team games, more World Cups means less money coming to the Euros if they have to cancel it. Less money going to the Nations League, other tournaments, or even like individual club games in the FA. Uh, there's a stat that UEFA published saying that the 55 national federations of UEFA could lose 3 billion euros in revenue every four years if the biennial World Cup is implemented. And that is taking into account all of the missed opportunities that will be involved. So really, like this is a money thing. This is a health thing. This is a congestion thing. From what I'm seeing, Jack, right now, and correct me if I'm wrong, the only people that will really benefit from this uh, World Cup, biennial World Cup plan, is FIFA themselves, smaller nations who couldn't otherwise qualify for the World Cup, and maybe casual fans of the game that don't really care about the luster of the World Cup. It, does that seem correct? Am I missing any other parties? I, I think that's a, that's about it. And sponsors, maybe. Sponsors. Actually, Adidas is against the biennial really? World Cup. Tell yeah. me about that. Uh, I, I, I don't know exactly what the basis is, but they've been one of the big vocal oppositions to this, especially, and also, and this is, might be expected, the Olympics. Right. Because, yeah, because, you know, then the summer tournament loses a lot of importance uh, for like younger players and stuff. So yeah. I actually just did look it up. Uh, there are major sponsors. Yeah, Adidas has come out against the idea. The CEO has said, I'll also read the quote right now. I don't think much of a football World Cup held every two years. There's Euros, Copa America. One should leave space for other things. And I guess that does make sense, right? Because these sponsors want to reach out to yeah these other places. I'm pretty sure like a lot of these major companies sponsor every single tournament. Now, if it's all towards the World Cup, then their reach might be limited because they can't specialize in one location. They have to make it super general. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about something that you said with like smaller nations getting a chance because I, I just read a quote here that I wasn't previously aware of, and it says... It's from The Guardian, uh, but Infantino has been reported as saying he would look into altering the biennial plans so that teams which entered the first competition would not compete in the second, mm -hmm. which then <laughs> I'm just I, leaves me confused because then do we just have like a World Cup with like all of the bigger teams who like qualify generally like, you know, the, the, like France, Germany. Yeah. Mexico, uh, maybe the U.S., uh, Brazil, Argentina, like the big names, right? You know, are they all going to compete? And then the second one is just going to be like, you know, Slovenia and Lithuania and, and New Zealand yeah, and New Zambia. Right. And then the question is, who watches the second one beyond like people in those countries? Mm -hmm. Right. So then you you suddenly get this idea like that one trophy or one tournament is more important than the other yeah if if that's the plan that they're going through through with and then so that, then how is it even a fair competition if like the person who wins it in the first iteration doesn't compete in the second and has no chance to defend the title right 
it, it, there's just so many questions about right. that. Well, going off of that, you know, we talked about the reasons why people might be against it, reasons why people might be for it, the major parties involved. Now let's get really into the, the nitty gritty here and talk about the actual plan itself, what it could look like and why people should or shouldn't be for it. And what you said about in, Infantino talking about that, you know, it, he, he is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what he said. And uh, more specifically, he said it was kind of an offhand uh, topic. He said, like, oh, the, the technical studies, like, like we're, those people are going to look into it because obviously they're going to look into every single plan. But the way that he phrased it left a, you know, a lot of people to criticize it, rightly so, right? How could you have, <laughs> like, like, you're thinking, like, well, it'll be like the USA and England and Brazil one year. And then two years later, it's like Argentina, Germany and Mexico. And you're like, that seems like unfair. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I kind of like that plan. And if I'm going to if I'm going to okay, advocate okay. for the devil right now. Right. In a lot of ways, I do understand what FIFA is doing here. Not only do I understand but I actively empathize with, with what Infantino and Arsene Wenger are trying to do. And we've seen this on Twitter. There are people who are defending this plan because it's like, yeah, seeing a World Cup would be a very cool thing to see every two years. That'd be because, uh, you know, it kind of sucks to not have you know, something to tie us all together in terms of soccer, like every uh couple years it has to be every four years and and you know it's one month and that you have to wait another four years to to have this magical moment if you have it every two years and you know people will find joy in that like even if it does happen yeah i I, like i I guarantee you i I will probably find some amount of joy in watching the world cup happen every two years every two years might be a bit too much every three years maybe is an okay compromise (laughs) but isn't that the, the point of FIFA's mission statement? It's to grow the game. Are you not growing the game by having it be every two years? Jack, you're smiling. Am I wrong? I think you're wrong on this. Okay, because why am I wrong? You, you're growing the quantity of the game, but I'm not sure if you're growing the true. quality. Yes. Because, yeah. like, yes, quali- having more nations qualify to the World Cup is good in theory, but doesn't that also mean that inevitably we'll get like less quality like it won't be the best of the best and that's what com- that's usually what competes in okay. the world cup well, right well, well why why have domestic club competitions why not just have the super league why not just have the best of the best well that that's that's a bit different that's that's different how's that different <laughs> because because there's no there the super league had no direct qualification process okay. to it right this is this is different because there right. is a chance for anyone to qualify yeah. well, well then and this isn't me like really advocating for devil. I, mm. I have been thinking about this. I, I do. I, I like I said, I do empathize with FIFA here. Jack, why not instead of having 32 teams have just literally the best, of the best 16 teams like it was before or eight teams like it was, I, I believe, before. Uh, well, because we like, you know, the world has expanded since uh, since those days. Right. Like there. So why don't we why don't we expand more? Uh, uh, here's a question to like preempt your answer to okay, that. question: okay. Are you for or against 48 teams in the World Cup? It depends on how it's done. 
I, I mean, like the, the, the current plan is what you, you, we have, like the, the qualifiers, the actual tournament is three groups of 16 and the, the top, the top team of each group goes on to the round of 16, something like that. Wait, three groups of 16 in the top 16 groups of three. I mean, Six, OK, no, no, OK, yeah, OK, 16, I, I was I was very I feel I feel like that could be interesting, but also then like. Uh, I, I guess it could work like that. It would be a lot more games. And also That's that that brings up the other uh, concern I have about it uh, with infrastructure. And you're 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 in civil engineering, so you yeah. care about infrastructure. I do care about infrastructure. You, yeah. So job security. Yeah. Yep. I mean, then this would be great for you, actually, because yeah. that that means these whoever hosts the World Cup has to build a lot of stadiums. Because if you keep expanding it for more and more teams or every two years, right, you then, then you have to build more infrastructure to hold all of that. And that could lead to worse practices than we're already seeing some host undertaking, like Qatar using literal slave labor mm -hmm. to uh, to build their stadiums or, and like or Russia building some pretty shoddy uh, stadiums yeah. for in their infrastructure. Yeah, and exactly. even even in South Africa, like for for their World Cup, there was there were a lot of incidents of just like of unsafe conditions for for their workers. So like mm -hmm. you know you you've got to consider that I think because the infrastructure if you have to rush it every every two, two years, years, then there's going to be a lot more question marks over that and maybe some less ethical practices being mm -hmm. taken to. Uh, to do that. So not not even just like for the well-being of the people playing the game, but the well-being for the people involved with the game as well. Yeah. And, you know, I, I I guess like, you know, there there's there's an argument by the proponents saying, oh, this will mean more countries get to host the World Cup. But at the same time, when Infantino is saying that now a single country hosting of the World Cup is a thing of the past. Then doesn't that already accomplish the same goal of getting more countries hosting World Cups? True. Like, because if if he's saying that we're going to do joint bids from now on, because that that's what uh, he said that in a press conference today, that's seemingly what he wants to indicate uh, and move towards. So doesn't that accomplish the same goal without upsetting like, you know, the let, let, let's be real, the countries that bring in the most revenue for FIFA. Mm -hmm. Like it, UEFA and Conmebol bring in the most revenue. They're the ones that are most against it. Uh, as a matter of fact, do you know who was the biggest proponent of this to start the research for this? Uh, in, in terms of? Of country. Uh, is it one specific country? There was one specific country. Uh, let, let me guess. Morocco. It was Saudi Arabia. Oh, that actually makes so much sense. Yeah. So Saudi Arabia was the first to suggest to FIFA Hey, you should open up this dialogue about a biennial World Cup. Right. So yeah, I remember that, that that's like you you can see that there is division and it. it's it's these countries that, you know, can afford to do maybe some of these less ethical things, maybe, mm -hmm. or maybe not afford to, but are more willing to. Yeah. And are willing to build the infrastructure to sacrifice that kind of stuff. And so I, I think it, it has it has a bit of an ethical conundrum behind it as well. Yeah, you're right. Cause it also limits the amount of countries that can do it in the first place without mm -hmm. those those ethical issues. Right. And we're already seeing that right now as a, you know, 48 country World Cup is a reality now. We only have like a couple of handful of groups of countries that could make it happen. Like you have the UK and Ireland, you have mm -hmm. uh, the Iberian Peninsula, you have North Africa, you know, USA, Canada, Mexico, 
Argentina, Uruguay. Yeah. Like, is it, you know, it, you, we talk about expanding the, the countries that can host it. Well, unless they spend their entire GDP on building infrastructure from the ground up, are we realistically going to see an India World Cup? Maybe, maybe so. Are we likely to see uh, a, a Middle Eastern World Cup that's not just Qatar, but like expanded to 48, 64 teams? It becomes less likely without these exorbitant prices on stadiums and or unethical labor practices. Yeah. I do want to say, though, right, when we look at World Cup being every two years, we really do look at it from the lens of privileged countries. I, true, true. We both live yep. in the U.S. We're both U.S. fans. We both expect to at least make the World Cup. We both uh, expect to be one of the hosts, potentially, not just uh, in the two World Cups time, but in like, in like 10 World Cups time, be the, be the next host. With France, obviously, you expect to not just make it, but potentially win it. What about countries like we go to our home countries, Guyana in the Philippines? Mm-hmm. You know, yes, qualifying is magical and like making it to the dance and like having it be every four years so it's meaningful is like really great. But at the same time, right, it is just a game. And so if we're looking at things from like a very, uh, I would say, high level kind of view, not really getting into like the nigger of like, how do we do this? But shouldn't the point of FIFA putting on these World Cups be like a celebration of all these different countries coming together? Should we not have as many opportunities for these smaller countries who might be on the fringes of making it to the World Cup have some level of competition where they can feel like they have made it to the world stage. Well, here, here's my question about that then, because if they have this opportunity, is it going to be guaranteed that they're actually going to be playing like, you know, meaningful games? Yes. Right. Because it could end up like if, if it's a plan where like if you qualify for the first one, you can't qualify for the second one. Right. Then what, what if you end up just playing like what if it's like group A is just like Guyana, um, what 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 other countries uh, like Laos and Guyana, Laos and like Sen- well, Senegal's good. No, Senegal's uh, very good. The, the Democratic Republic of the Congo. They're they're actually pretty good as well. Uh, like Togo or Madagascar. Like okay, those. Sure. Like what if hey, that that's Madagascar? A, you you leave Metinier out of this. I'm sure. not I'm not I'm not saying anything bad about him, but they are out of the World Cup qualifying for this right. cycle. But so like. Are those as meaningful as like a gate, like uh, if if a country was to work for it and make it and be in a group against like, you know, uh, France or uh, Germany or Argentina or well, who, Senegal? Who are we or, to say? Because if the U.S. or France were playing the, the likes of Togo or whatever, no offense mm-hmm. to, to Togo, but yep. we'd obviously be sad. But the, these a lot of these countries outside of friendlies do not have the opportunity to play even similar level countries around the world in competitive matches, right? That's true. But I, I think the I think the issue is like that I'm I'm thinking about is making sure that the the World Cups are even and equal. Because, you know, it, it's great and all to have the to have this, but 
you know, what, what stops like one from being more respected than the other? Because like, if like, let I like, if one of them consistently has like higher level opposition and, and the other one consistently has lower level opposition, then people are going to watch that. Right. They're going to watch the higher level one, right? They're, they're not going to watch the lower yeah. level one as much. And, and, and that's the entire point of what like Vanger and Fantino saying, like getting people interested. You're, I mean, you are right. Nobody is going to watch Guyana versus Togo. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I will, but I probably would. But <laughs> we're, we're, we're odd in that, yes. in that sense. We're not like we're not the majority of the population uh-huh. in that. And you know, I, I, I think the other thing is if there's a a distinct difference in importance between the two World Cups, right? Then what makes a country like want to host the the less important one? Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're going to get if they if like uh, they get less revenue. Right. Because if like let, uh, if a country is hosting like games between, you know, uh, we'll just keep using the same example. Togo Guyana and Guyana. Togo. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it's not go- it's not going to draw in as much to that local economy as like France versus Argentina. Right. Like it's going to be significantly different. Not not just because like, uh, you know, they're smaller countries, but also because. Let, let's face it, those countries, a lot of the people in there don't have the resources to travel as much. Right. And so, you know, they're, they're not going to they're, you're not going to get a ton of people like uh, if 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 England isn't competing, the England fans aren't going to go and like travel to a different place. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that that's that's I think what would be a bit of a struggle, like making sure that, you know, there, there's an actual reason to want to host that one because. Otherwise, you know, most of the countries are going to bid to host like a more a, a theoretically like more important one. Yeah. And there could be a way that they could do it to evenly distribute it. But even then, isn't there isn't there a chance that there will still be enough of a divide between it that causes there to seem to be an inequity in it? And then how do you fix that once it happens? Yeah, that's that's really tough. So what I'm hearing right now mm-hmm. is that no matter really what the plan is for like like guaranteed two world cups every uh four years right no matter which how which way we're currently doing it, whether it's like an on world cup year and off world cup year or like an on world cup year every two years it runs into problems mm-hmm. the first one is those high level players are gonna get tired if you have like looking under like the the this is the World Cup. It's the best tournament. Like we're having like all, all the big teams happen go to this tournament every two years. You know, player health is an issue. Congestion becomes an issue because it's the same teams over and over trying to qualify. You run into issues of uh, UEFA and all these other big confederations not getting the money that they probably deserve. Mm-hmm. Fans might get burnt out. Uh, sponsors don't want it to happen. You look at uh, an on and off World Cup year, then you run into uh, just in general infrastructure issues. Even though that's the case for I guess I guess both cases. Uh, you also run into how do you balance both of these tournaments? How do you make sure that these tournaments are fair? How do you keep people engaged in this? Yeah. How do you get countries to host it in the first place? I have a potential solution here. One solution okay. I, I think we okay. can both agree is, is just keep the World Cup as it is. Yep, that's my preferred one. Yep. Yeah. I have 
maybe a cop-out answer, but it's something that I really enjoyed reading from The Athletic by Michael Cox uh, a week ago. Uh, his his uh, article was called An Alternative Plan to a World Cup Every Two Years. And from what I've gathered and what I kind of added on to his story is instead of having a World Cup the way that we see it, we should make almost a separate tournament that is still World Cup style, but just have it more open to these smaller nations. And so in a way, it doesn't really solve the issue of how do we get people to care. But at the same time, I think people will care. Maybe not the, the, the Eurocentric, like, uh, privileged people who enjoy soccer, like, say, maybe the U.S. or especially the likes of England, Germany, Italy, and Spain, Brazil, Argentina. Like, this tournament is not for them. But instead, having a World Cup let's say 2026 and then in 2028 have i'm gonna even call it the world cup i'm gonna call it uh the fifa cup uh that, that the, that's, FIFA, the fifa nations league that's that's that that could be something the yeah. fifa cup of nations ah there you go, yeah, there you it, go. uh uefa fifa I, I i'll come up with any of these tournament names you just <laughs> hire me but yeah like the, the let's call it that the cup of nations right in college basketball Everyone knows there's March Madness. It's the NCAA national tournament. But there's also a secondary tournament, almost like a Europa League, but for an actual knockout tournament at the end of the year called the National Invitational Tournament, where all the teams that couldn't make the, the final 64 of March Madness qualify for that mini tournament, and they have like their own little thing. It, it really doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. But it's a good way to give those teams something to fight for, because even if they weren't good enough to make the final 64 of college basketball, they're still pretty good team. So they might as well do something (laughs) for a month. That is like the same kind of level of thinking that I'm putting into this tournament where, you know, how many chances are Madagascar and Estonia, you know, these smaller countries that might not get a chance to compete on these biggest stages like pakistan china as it is right now the philippines guyana togo you know yep yep i i think it would be a pretty good idea to give them a tournament so they can actually get competitive games against countries that aren't just 50 miles that way and 50 miles the other way right because that's how you're going to grow the game i think the the people in those countries are going to get interested because it, it's it's going to be a bigger tournament than what they're used to. That helps grow the game. Helps these teams get some experience. That also helps grow the game. Uh, you know, if we have like the likes of, I don't know, g- give me a country that could potentially host like a smaller tournament like this. Let's, go, let's just go with, with China or India, right? Yeah, yeah. It will, you know, help them get some revenue, even if it's a, a little bit. And on the smaller scale, I, I think the the profit versus uh, the costs might balance out. And so if we differentiate it from the World Cup, don't like try to market it like Infantino does and really just be like, this is a secondary tournament because we don't have enough of that. Because when you, okay, so, so for a lot of these countries, right, US included, really, the chances for trophies are pretty far in between. Luckily, or unluckily, the CONCACAF has World Gold Cup every two years. Cool. 
that's just the gold cup. Now we have the Nations League. That's a cool trophy too. But there's no like worldwide trophy you can win other than the World Cup. And maybe right, th- right. maybe that is a good thing. But for a lot of the countries that dream of making the World Cup, but it's hard for them, I think equity-wise, a tournament like this would be an okay way of going about things. I think even a positive way. I'm I'm pro Cup of Nations. Jack, I I, I just marketed that to you. I marketed it to listeners. Are you for or against uh, AJ's grand idea? Well, I think the big thing that makes me that more palatable palatable to me is the fact that you're marketing it as not the world cup right like yeah i i i think like in general giving these countries that don't often have opportunities to play competitive games is good like i'm not i'm not trying to say it's bad for for like them to have opportunities and stuff i'm not not gonna try and play that card because (laughs) that seems like a battle i very much don't want to i won't don't want to get into uh but I think if you market it as specifically, hey, yes, this is a lower level of competition, but it's still like for competition, for trophies, it's a world trophy. We have uh, countries from all over the world competing. Then I think that's I think that's very different than saying we're going to hold the World Cup every Mm -hmm. two years because the World Cup, you know, it has history. It has a connotation to it. You know, uh, 2030 will be the century uh, one century since the first World Cup, and you know, uh, it if you if you say we're going to have the World Cup every two years, it's going to, you know, minimize the importance of the World Cup and uh, also bring along some strong connotations to it. So, uh, I I don't know what kind of degree Infantino has, but I'm not sure if it's marketing because he, <laughs> he seems to be going about this the wrong way. If if it's advertised like the way that you say it, like you know, I. Uh, so the top three countries from CONCACAF qualify, the like thir- top 13 technically from UEFA qualify, right? And, uh, you know, uh, top four from South America qualify mm-hmm. all, all, and all of the other countries, right? Then we, we say for this other tournament, you know, the next three that, that didn't make it in from CONCACAF, you're in here. Next 13 from UEFA, you're in. And uh, next, uh, next four from CONMEBOL, you're in, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that could be interesting because then it differentiates itself, right? So mm-hmm. it's not like, you know, every nation has an opportunity to win every single year, right? Like, but I, I think like it gives more, it, it provides more accessibility right. for these countries, allows them to get competitive games. That being said, there is one issue that I don't think we've discussed a ton uh, because, because, you know, it, I think it's still important. Because a lot of these countries, some of them struggle to play the, pay their players, right? So, like, the Guyanese national team, for example, didn't exist for quite a few years because it struggled to pay players. The Philippines, too. We, yeah. we didn't enter uh, the qualifying process for some tournaments because it was hard to bring up funds. Exactly. So, when it comes to that, then if you're giving these countries with smaller resources, or let, let's go for a country that has financial troubles but maybe has more of a chance of making it into this kind of tournament so like jamaica for example sure right what's to guarantee that they're going to be able to make it there like physically like yes they can qualify for it but the physical part like is if if fifa's like going to commit resources to it because as far as i know for the world cup uh because this has happened in history where like teams that probably shouldn't have qualified or got lucky with qualifying 
it was very tough for them to actually make it there. Uh-huh. Uh, so what what's what 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 is FIFA going to do to make sure that people like these countries are able to actually compete? Because that that's a serious issue. Yeah. If you're if you're trying to focus on equity for these countries, right? Then how do you make sure it's actually equitable? Mm-hmm. I think very loosely having a prize pool that guarantees that you'll at least break even if you make the group stage that would help i i can't really speak to fifa's financial situation how much they can help but i'm I'm sure in a hypothetical a world it would work i also think that this idea of having a world cup every two years and having this secondary tournament replace uh this idea of like a second world cup cup of nations sounds like cup of noodles now i'm thinking about it but (laughs) Uh, I I really think that instead of having like, oh, you missed out on the World Cup, it could be almost almost a, a separate being from the World Cup. Because okay. I, I, I really want to, with this entire proposal for the second World Cup, I, I really want to differentiate between the two. I, to the point where I don't necessarily totally hate the every two years like team switch out if it's done well like this the way that i kind of see it playing out is that you can either have like your own qualifying process and or uh you can just invite 16 teams like the top the top couple fifa ranked teams from confederations that aren't in uefa or comnibol and that's what that's what this athletic article basically states okay i think they have 16 teams in all I'll read out the the, the, na- the names of the countries that would potentially qualify for this Cup of Nations tournament. So in Africa, Senegal, Tunisia, Algeria, Morocco, Nigeria, Egypt, and Ghana. Asia, Iran, Japan, Australia, South Korea, CONCACAF, Mexico, USA, Costa Rica, Canada, and Oceania, New Zealand. That's not a bad list of teams, right? And in fact, I think that would create a lot of interesting matchups especially between africa and asia asia Concacaf. i'm sure new zealand could create some damage too yeah but <laughs> hey no offense hey. I'm, i am wearing a michael boxel jersey so yeah, I, can't, exactly. I can't even diss new zealand right now so but i i I, th- I think for a lot of these countries where a lot of them have made the world cup most of them have made the world cup before but it's not necessarily something that they excel in or if you want to expand this even further and invite some other smaller teams uh that could be make a lot of good for them especially because we don't have the confederations cup anymore we literally don't have a way for uh smaller nations representing these different confederations to have a a real tournament that they can fight for and now we're giving australia outside of just the afc cup a chance to realistically challenge for a trophy I, I just think it's a good idea. Jack, do you have any other ideas about uh, ways we can fix the, the second World Cup outside of just not having it? See, my my I when you when at first when when you were when you were discussing this, I was really in favor of it. But then when you read out the teams that are suggested, a lot of those are teams that qualify for the World Cup anyway. All right. So, so we, we don't have to we don't have to do like the, the, the top. We could do like the top X amount and then ugh, qualifying does get really like really. See, the, the thing is, like, for, for, for it to, I, I think for a tournament like this to meaningfully uh, allow 
countries that don't otherwise have opportunities to participate in World Cups. It has to be people like teams that don't qualify for the World Cup. Right. So it could right. it could be like the top FIFA ranked countries for teams that didn't qualify out of this confederation. Yeah. So yeah. so like you know last time around it would be like Trinidad Tobago Honduras not Honduras uh El Salvador and the USA potentially. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then like. Uh, in Africa, I don't even want to get into if I can remember their, their, their qualification yeah. process is very diff, difficult yeah. to comprehend. So yeah, I, and that's another reason why I'm in favor of a, a World Cup every two years because some of these places qualifying is just tough. So I, mm-hmm. I don't know if they should be penalized that heavily for that. Yeah. So I, I mean, it's 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 just a it, it's tough to to get around this to make sure it's like even, right? Because yeah. you don't want. Uh, you because if like in this tournament like you you get the feeling that it's going to be like mexico or senegal that walks the entire tournament Mm -hmm. right like a a a team built with power like powerhouse players right so in that case like what like it it, it's not that it's not that exciting (sighs) right so like a world cup every two years is is hard or not a world cup like like a major tournament like this is hard yeah but I, i think it is doable no, I, I, I don't I don't disagree. I think I think it's doable. It's just how do you make it meaningful in terms of competition wise uh, and also just for like pride wise. Right. Like, uh, for example, like when the U.S. won the Nations League, there were some people who were like, is it does it matter that much? It's like a new trophy. Right. So how do you make that actually seem important yeah. in the eyes of uh, of like the fans? Right. Or are they just going to be like, oh, we won the knockoff World Cup like that we that we bought for five dollars at a Tesco or whatever. <laughs> Tesco is not even here. I don't know why I said Tesco and Aldi. I don't know. Aldi, whatever. Target. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I think like that, that that problem solves itself just by the fact that by, by having it over. Yeah. By having it over and over again, like building it up. Yeah. Or because e- I guess the World Cup w- had a first iteration once as mm-hmm. well. So even better if you want to put even more stakes onto it the winner automatically qualifies for the world cup the, the See, real that, world that, cup. that that could that could be even more interesting yeah. i think but then i think that doubly makes it it makes it doubly important that you don't like whoever qualified for the actual world cup doesn't qualify for this uh-huh. which then like i i think that kind of a, a like kind of get gets rid of the worries of like some of the uefa confederations yeah right like uh you know uh germany and italy like who, who are like okay uh we we don't want that we don't want this because it'll be too tiring for players but then uh, then they're like oh but if you qualify for the world cup you, you don't have to worry about this at all this is literally just for teams that don't get the opportunity otherwise yeah and, so, and then they, they got nothing to say right, right. yeah that, then it's not a concern for them i mean the only people then who might be concerned are, um, you know, the the clubs themselves and like the Premier League, for example, right? Because they they have players from other countries that yeah. don't qualify for the World Cup. So Obama Yang, yeah, yeah, Obama Yang, who, you he know, plays he, for Sierra Leone, not Sierra Gabon, 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 right? Yep. Yeah, uh, Pats and Daka, for example, exactly. scored, Zambia, who scored yeah. four goals today. For uh, so just wanted to mention that because it's pretty cool, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like it, it's it's tough because there's a lot of things to balance. And one thing that I do like about Infantino's approach to this, I'll, I'll give him one compliment. Okay, it's that he has softened it in recent weeks. 
before it was like, we're going to schedule a vote on December 20th. And because most uh, most of the countries are consolidated in Asia and Africa, like in the world, you know, they have a majority of the countries in the world uh-huh. between them, uh, then it will get approved because every country gets to vote in it. Right. So it uh, but now it's more of instead of it being originally being sent out as an emergency meeting in which like uh, there, there's going to be a vote on it. It's not like it's a, a summit discussion. right? It, yeah, it, it's. Like, uh, you know, uh, it, it, it's always a nice, like, a uh, little softening of, of things when instead of, like, uh, your professor saying, okay, we're going to come to class and it's going to be an exam and versus them saying, okay, it's just going to be a free-flowing discussion, right? When is that? That has never happened to me really? in engineering. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, it must be a liberal arts thing. Oh, but, man. Uh, but So, like, it, it's, you know, like. It's or in high school, for example, right? Like yeah. because that happened, I think a few times mm-hmm, for in yeah. classes. Like, so I, I feel like that softens the approach and allows countries to feel like they're heard instead of just like uh, feeling like uh, you know the tyranny of the of the majority or whatever. Like you know, just because most of these countries, even though they don't generally have power, are just consolidated here, they automatically get to push their will on everyone else. I, I think it. I think it's. It's good in in that way to make sure all perspectives are heard and they can make it better as a result of that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm I'm very excited to see what happens with this discussion, with this vote. Right now, to wrap things up, right now I am against just straight up having a World Cup every two years. I am mostly against having a World Cup every two years, but having an on and off uh, tournament. And I am very much pro AJ's plan, which is having. <laughs> AJ's uh, plan. Are you uh, going to go to FIFA and present that? Yeah, I, okay. I, I bet I can win them over. I, I, it's probably, right, uh, well, uh, probably more well thought out than Infantino's plan. Yeah, uh, listeners, if you want to sponsor AJ's trip to Switzerland, uh, oh, I would love to go to Switzerland <laughs> to uh, to present this, and probably eventually have to break into FIFA. You know, because yeah. we're not sure if they'll let him in or not. So. Uh, make sure make sure to uh, make sure to do that. Uh, we'll we'll set up like a, a contribution page. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's fine. I'll just <laughs> say I'm an accountant that can get them out of paying taxes. It's fine. Oh, that that works. Yeah, yeah. 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 FIFA loves that. Yeah. So. so, Jack, where are you currently right now with this World Cup plan? I mean, I would prefer for the World Cup to stay just being every four years because I think the World Cup should be held in high regard. Is like this is the top trophy in the world like this is this is whoever wins this is the very best in the world and i think that's a very important thing to Mm -hmm. to have uh that being said i understand the perspectives of other countries who are like well we have no chance of winning this ever because uh because you know there's several reasons for that but uh you know they, they should have an opportunity to do things and i think if it's advertised as distinctly not another world cup the cup of noodles tournament yeah yes the cup of noodle the the cup ramen tournament yeah, yeah. uh yep then i i think that that would be a good idea if if it's balanced properly to make sure that you know you don't just allow like countries to to get in like you know france because if they get in they're probably just going to steamroll or something right. or like italy or england you know like actually england will probably find a way to bottle it um mm-hmm. but you know, you know what I mean? Uh, trying to find a balance. That's the most important part. But I'd, I'd still prefer just World Cup every four years. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought it was really interesting, this entire discussion, 
seeing like how we just frame this entire dis- discussion like i i've always come at this through the ideals of just like equity and that's why when you talk about infrastructure i was like damn that is right it's <laughs> infrastructure is just like a huge issue with like creating equity and that might complicate things and obviously there is the very idealist or i'd say even pragmatic way of looking at things where it's like let's keep things the way they are because of we need to just hold this world cup in high regard let's not dilly dally with like watering it down which is what a lot of people also think as well so mm-hmm. truth be told i don't think that infantino's really looking at things through an equity point of view i no, think a lot of it, it is money. money yeah it, let, let's be real if, if fifa's pursuing something 99.9 percent of the time it's money related yeah. but i i think there's a real way that they can turn this from like an obvious money grab to an obvious like we are doing this for a good reason move there is a way yes there is a way and that's why fifa infantino if you're listening to this I, i'm open for discussion uh just pay me the salary pay for my college and i'll help you i'll help you work through this guarantee a guaranteed success all right jack that is it for our world cup biennial world cup talk uh anything else to say or before we uh let them know where they can find us on social media uh no i mean i i'm looking forward to see how this discussion goes i kind of hope it'll be live streamed but knowing fifa it won't uh so we'll, we'll just have to get like updates from some random person who, yeah, I, who I, somehow I, has inside I, information i'm excited for the reports that come out of it I, i'm yeah. sure they'll be on top of football twitter and r slash soccer on reddit oh yeah pretty exciting all right jack where can people find us on twitter uh they can find us on twitter at final third show uh you know participate in our weekly prediction games although for this week that time has passed but you can follow us on there and participate next week on those you can Jump in on the discussion on a World Cup every two years. You can jump in on discussions about Man United's crumbling midfield and defense, maybe or maybe not. Uh, and just uh, follow along on there to engage in conversation about, you know, U.S. soccer and beyond. Yes, U.S. soccer and beyond. Talking about, yep, Champions League, Europa League, all the different leagues from around the world. Follow us there. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast spreaker what have you any podcast platform you listen to us on leave a rating as well always helps out we read out five star reviews on the show and of course tell your friend about the show tell your dad about the show we'll see you guys on monday for our news and predictions episode we'll see you guys same time same place for a deep dive episode that i probably won't be on because i'm getting a root canal surgery (laughs) but we will see you then see ya bye for now